It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Did the Dallas Cowboys make a mistake by not turning over the backfield to Tony Pollard last year? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked, day. Locked On. Locked, locked, locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can uh, go follow our show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. Landon, today we're talking about the the Cowboys running back position, you know, from last year, this year, and then kind of going into future years. But my first question for you is, did the Dallas Cowboys make a mistake by not turning this backfield over to Tony Pollard sooner? Well, I think, you know, we've talked about a little bit. I mean, obviously we've been proponents of getting Tony Pollard some more touches for a couple of years. And I think that that's a balance that the Cowboys were always trying to work out between him and, and, and Zeke while Zeke was still here. Um, you know, I, I think that last year's combination, uh, or at least the kind of mix, uh, really was a, a good mix. I, I I think that trying to kind of target Pollard somewhere between 200 to 250 carries uh, a, a season. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably a, a, the amount that you want to get that you're not going to be worried about, uh, uh, you know, hurting his uh, viability later in the season. Um, I think, you know, we saw something, I think he ended up with something just under 200 carries last season. And, um, I, I think that they, you know, they they definitely were being affected by the Zeke contract. I think that that's obviously a, a part of it that has to be acknowledged, right? But I, I think at the same time, you know, there's 500 plus carries that that uh, you're probably going to have during the course of the season, and I just think that the thing that makes Pollard so special uh, is the explosiveness. And do you lose an element of that? Later in the season, as he starts to incur more and more touches, I think that that's a legitimate question. So I, I do think that even with Zeke gone, uh, I, I you know obviously I, I I expect an increase in carries and touches from Pollard, but I, I would say that I don't know that the Cowboys should stray too far from that kind of you know two hundred and fifty carry. Uh, uh, you know, area because I, I just think that I, I think that if you do, uh, you may lose the kind of special trait that that Pollard has uh, as the season kind of gets you know later on in the, in the year and, and and he starts you know have taking on all those hits. It also probably depends on what your future plans are with Tony Pollard, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you have no intention of re-signing him or giving him a contract extension. 
I mean, I know it sounds really bad, but maybe you do oh, put yeah. on a you run know, the more wheels off. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you Demarco Murray him a little bit. Now, I don't think I, I love Tony Pollard, but he's not that kind of player where you can give him four hundred touches and he's going to make it through the season without losing speed. Like that's just yeah, that's too many yeah. touches. Um, however. I still think the Cowboys could have used him more, especially early in the season last year. Zeke looked good early in the year, then started to wear down. I think by about week seven or week eight is that's when we should have seen Pollard consistently getting 14 to 15 carries a game, three to four receptions, because it was just so it was painfully obvious that Pollard was just a better player. And for whatever reason, it was still Ezekiel Elliott that was getting, he was the guy that was locked into getting, 16 touches every game regardless of the game situation well i mean i look i I do think that part of this is the fact that you have to realize that like there's there's two things here there's the wear and tear for the career that you have to worry about but i also think that there's an in-season wear and tear that happens right like the, the 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 efficiency sort of kind of goes down as you start to get more and more touches that just makes sense you know It's it's a long season so i i think that look there is going to be anywhere from, you know, again, maybe another 250 plus carries on this team that are not going to be Tony Pollard, right? So I think that he, I just think that it's, uh, it, we can haggle at least, over. At least. I mean, look, so last, yeah. last year, Ezekiel Elliott had 231 carries. Malik Davis had 38 carries. Yeah. And then you had a bunch of other guys like, you know, Dak had forty-five, CD had ten. So yeah, you're you're looking at two hundred and twenty-five to two hundred and seventy-five carries that aren't going to go to Tony Pollard. I think right now what we're we're doing is we're haggling over the you know twenty-five to seventy-five carries, right? Like seriously, like I, I think that that it, because we just know that Pollard, even if your idea is okay, Pollard's on a one-year deal, he's on the, the the franchise tag. We don't plan on bringing you back. Even if the idea is to put the pedal in the metal, we're not caring about Tony Pollard's long-term uh, situation. Like even in, in that situation, I don't think you give him 300, 350 carries because. No you want his explosiveness to remain by the end of the season. So I, I do think that Tony Pollard is the featured back in this offense. It should be the featured back. But I, I think that because of the nature of the position and frankly, all the things that we talk about with running back, how like, you know, an average running back can give you solid production uh, relative to the cost. Right. I think that there's something to the idea that, Hey, you know, as long as you've got another guy who could incur, you know, some of these carries at 3.8 to 4.0 yards per carry, uh, you know, while Pollard's off the field, I think that you are okay with giving a combination of young running backs, maybe another veteran running back, somewhere in the area of 300 plus carries, simply because you want to maintain the kind of trump car, the 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 explosiveness that makes Tony Pollard truly special throughout the season, not just so he's a highlight machine in September and October, but that he's burning defenses uh, in December and January. Uh, We're going to talk more about Tony Pollard and, you know, this being his backfield in 2023. But before we do that, I want to ask you, if you had to grade the backfield performance from last year, what grade would you give it? 
I mean, I think I would give it a B plus. I, I, I think for the most part that the Cowboys found a good balance on how to use these guys. Uh, you know, Zeke, I think at points uh, looked spry. And then uh, as he as he does until, you know, mid-November, late November, December, when things start to add on to his body and then you're starting to want more and more Pollard carries. Um, but I think, you know, look, as far as a team, they, they before uh, Steele got, went down, they were one of the best rushing teams in football yep. and, and, yep. and that running to that right side, whether it was going to Pollard or Zeke uh, was one of the most dangerous plays in football uh, to try to defend. So I think that they did a pretty good job. I think as the season wore on teams seemed to kind of catch on more to what they were doing. They lost a little bit of the oomph up front with the offensive line. Um, and, and so I think that the, the, you got a little bit of diminishing returns, but as far as how the running back room performed, yeah, I, I wouldn't give him an A, but I think you're just under that because I think Tony Pollard had a very, very good season. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even be upset if you gave him an A minus. They they combined yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Malik Davis combined for almost 2,600 yards from scrimmage and 25 touchdowns. Like that is that's a productive group. Now I know that Zeke did a lot of the heavy lifting and short yardage. Pollard did a lot of damage in the receiving game, but together collectively, that's the point, right? They were yeah. really, really good last year. And I think if you told me right now, Hey, this backfield is going to score 25 touchdowns and they're going to have 2,500 yards. I'd sign up for that again in a heartbeat. I think, you know, the disconnect between fans that like and dislike Zeke uh, and look, let's be clear. Like you've been very clear about your, how you feel about the value of running backs, but I think we both agree that we like Zeke as a, as a person, as a player. Uh, I, I think the people that have had issues with him specifically are a lot of fantasy football folks, oh, right? Yeah. Because, you know, he's the big name running back has just kind of been disappointing as, as versus what expectation. But as far as a guy that's on the team that does the dirty work that takes the carries that you need uh, and, and does a pretty good job with that. I think, I think Zeke did a good job there. Now, listen, the contract obviously was not what we wanted, especially at the end. Uh, but as far as a uh, uh, performance of a of a you know the kind of alternates running back on this team, despite feeling like he was the the primary back at times, uh, I, I think that he performed pretty well. Uh, but I also think that we've got a, a group of guys in that running back room who could potentially take his place. All right, let's talk about what this backfield is going to look like in 2023. Next, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now is a great time to go bet on some of the NFL futures. You can bet on win totals. You can bet on will your favorite team make the playoffs? Uh, Will they win the conference championship game? There is no better place to bet on all of the playoff action. I know we still got some playoff action, even though the NBA is all done, <laughs> than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We would like to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to talk about the wide receiver position, and we're going to grade that performance from last year. We'll talk about the future <laughs> of the receivers, which, my goodness. That's, that's going to be a wild, wild That's going to be a honestly. wild group. So yeah. make sure you tune in for that. Lana, my question about this backfield in 2023 is we know what Tony Pollard is, but mm-hmm. what do you think – how do you think the rest of the backfield kind of shapes up without Ezekiel Elliott with Tony Pollard as the lead guy? So it's an interesting group, right? You've got two guys that have come in and at different points uh, gotten Cowboys Nation excited, right, about about uh, the you know a potential third running back. You've got Malik Davis, who obviously – uh, you know, only had like I think something like 40 carries last year, mm-hmm. a little bit less, uh, but but showed you know good explosion, caught the ball well. I think he was averaging over 10 yards of reception as well. Um, so he showed you something, and, and I think he also had shown you a lot uh, during training camp to the point where he was able to kind of grab hold of the of the reins of that kind of third running back job away from another guy. Rico Gathers, who the Cowboys... Rico, Rico Dowdle. I Rico always Dowdle. do the Rico Gathers. Rico Dowdle, uh, the former uh, uh, South Carolina running back who uh, had, I think had had a very similar sort of uh, uh, wedding of Cowboys appetites at different points uh, during the preseasons of the previous few years. He's battled some injuries lately, which has really been unfortunate. But I think what you saw in Dowdle was a guy who was ex- a big back, a bigger back. He's like six foot 215 i think Mm -hmm. and he's explosive still he has a a very intriguing athletic profile for a running back um so i I think you have two guys who you know if they can stay healthy uh can provide a competition that could lead to one of them being uh the running back two on this team or you know potentially running back three and we'll talk about vaughn and where he fits in here but I, i think that those you start there we start with these two kind of veteran-ish, you know, but still younger running backs who still have not kind of had their careers take off yet, and they'll be kind of competing for snaps. And then obviously I think you've got a a situation with Deuce Vaughn where you've got a a player who's created some excitement in the building. He clearly is electric with the ball in his hands. I think what we're triangulating now here is – how much can we use him? How can we use him? What's the best way to kind of use him and preserve, you know, it's a, it's a very similar to a Tony Pollard conversation. Mm-hmm. Like what's the best way to use him uh, and, and still preserve what makes him special throughout the season. Uh, and I think that it, you know, you've got this situation where you've got a, a top guy who's your franchise guy. You've got these, two or three guys in the middle in, in Davis and gathers, you've got a, a rookie induced Vaughn who you you've got some explosion and that you feel like you can, you know, be kind of a more of a gadget back or, or take over that Pollard role if you wanted to. And then you've got a guy like Ronald Jones who comes in and, and, and you just don't know what you're going to get from Ronald Jones, right? He's, he's, he's had a very X factor to me in a good and bad way, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Would it be shocking to you if, the Cowboys cut him on like August 15th because it's just clear that they have two or three other guys they like more. We've, we've, no, I mean, we've already predicted that he would be cut, you know, at this point. But but would it be shocking the other way is if, okay, hey, new change of scenery, a team that believes in him, and all of a sudden 
hey, he's the clear-cut number two, and he's going to be your short yardage back and all that kind of stuff. Uh, honestly, I think that my, the reason my excitement is tempered about Ronald Jones is because I was a Ronald Jones fan yeah. coming out of USC, and I expected all these great things when he went to Tampa that he was going to be this explosive big back. I mean, he just – I mean, look, he, he didn't have – I remember, if I'm if I'm correct, the knock on him coming out of college was that he didn't have a lot of receiving chops, yeah, right? But basically but, none, right? But he but he had the body and the type of athleticism that you really wanted to to see as a receiving back, right? Like yes. he has explosion, he's big, he's hard to tackle. Uh, you know, he just dealt with injury and and, and expectation problems, and uh, you know, at times a bad team, and and, and it just felt like. You're 100% right, and like I feel like all my faith has been drained out of Ronald Jones, but there is still a talented player there, I assume, and it could be a situation where he was in a bad spot and a change of scenery may really, really help him. So I, I no, I wouldn't be surprised if if Ronald Jones, you know, you know, like three weeks into training camp, we're like, oh yeah, obviously Ronald Jones is the backup running back. What were we thinking before that? But you know, it could easily go that he gets cut two weeks into training camp too. It's 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 really hard to predict at this point what you're going to get from him. It, he's also a little weird because coming out of school, he was five eleven, two hundred five, yeah, and ran a four four eight. I just looked at his measurements a couple of days ago, and I think when he was with Tampa, he weighed two twenty seven. Like he's he not, reinvented his body. Like he's one of these guys. Like it's almost like Demarcus Lawrence, right? Remember how we talked about how yep. as he got older, he kind of reshaped his body. Ronald Jones did that, and he's only like four years into the league. You I know. know? And like, I don't. But the thing is, I don't like him at that size. I'd rather yeah. have him be slimmer and have a little bit more of your quickness, because I feel like he's a almost a tweener in the bad way, where you're not really a power back at 227 pounds, yeah. but you've lo- you've lost. Uh, you know, kind of your trump card with your speed and your quickness at that size. And I get why I think it was Bruce Arians wanted him to bulk up because he wanted him. He went through this thing in Arizona with J.J. Uh, so Arrington and yeah. Andre Ellington where he had all yeah. these little backs. And every time that they tried to play them and make him a featured back, they always got hurt. So they yeah. bulked up Ronald Jones so he could be more durable. And it zapped him of everything that made him special. So Maybe we see Ronald Jones, you know, look a little slimmer, a little trimmer in training camp. I think he's one of those guys that I think we're going to know within like a week and a half yeah. whether it's going to yeah. happen or not. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's all about how he looks physically, you know. I, I mean, I think – I mean, he like he's just – he just never developed a lot of the kind of elite uh, instincts and, and kind of skill set that, was, you know, to make him the feature back. And, and honestly, like – I mean, how long did Tampa waste just kind of like trying to ham fist him into that role instead of, you know, getting another running back in to help him? So, uh, look, uh, if he comes in, that's, I mean, it just shows you the spectrum he could be on, right? He, maybe he has lost 10 pounds and he's a quicker guy. Maybe he's still at 220 and the Cowboys are trying to get, be him, make him the bulldozer. It's, it's just his, his, List or spectrum of, of, yes. of potential outcomes is just all over the place. So I really have no idea what to predict. For the, the last thing that I'm curious to see is what do the Cowboys want to complement Tony Pollard with? Is it a yeah. another quick, you know, guy that yeah. can make plays in space like Deuce Vaughn? Is it more of a Malik Davis who is a between the tackles runner, or is it somebody else? Is it somebody they trade for? Is it somebody they sign? Do they go out and they grab 
Leonard Fournette? Do they sign Ezekiel Elliott back just to be a short yardage running back? I think that's one of the unanswered questions that we're going to learn pretty quickly into training camp, into the preseason, and into the regular season. Because other than that, I think we know that it's just going to be a lot of Tony Pollard this season. As it stands right now, and let me ask you a question real quick. As it stands right now, would you put your money in this being a split backfield situation or more of a Pollard and then running back by committee sort of situation? I think because it's going to be Pollard and then running back by committee behind him, depending on the game, depending on the situation. That's how I feel too. Like honestly, like if I was had to predict the running back situation going into next year, I would predict that it would be Pollard and then maybe even a you know a a, a triumphant of of either Malik Davis or uh, uh, Dowdle, uh, Vaughn, and then Hunter Lepke is yep. kind of filling in as needed. You know the kind of other roles yardage, the yep. running back. Yep. Yeah, so. That would be my guess. But honestly, I mean, you and I, you know, before we move on to the future of the position, before the show started, you and I were talking about how this podcast could be the one that, you know, suddenly two weeks is completely yep. – all the angles have changed because, you know, there's just so much that could happen at the position, uh, you know, in the next few weeks through training camp mm-hmm. that could really change all the angles, you know, almost instantaneously. All right, let's talk about what this position looks like going into 2024 and beyond next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, there is a lot of unknowns for this Cowboys backfield kind of after this season because Tony Pollard playing on the franchise tag, who he signed it pretty quickly which tells you, like, I don't think the Cowboys were all that interested in giving a Pollard, you know, a long-term contract. I don't think Pollard wanted to mess around with the Cowboys potentially rescinding that deal. But Pollard not under contract after this year. Malik Davis will have one more year left on his deal after this season. You'll have Deuce Vaughn, assuming he makes a team on a rookie deal. What does the future look like for the Cowboys at the running back position? Well, it's interesting, right? I mean, obviously Vaughn is is the guy that they drafted and, and there's some hype around that. And I have to think that if they get positive returns from him, he's going to be a part of this future, right? Maybe he's even the new Pollard in, in that situation. Uh, let me ask you a question, honestly, to return again. Let me ask you, if, if Tony Pollard had gotten had not been injured by the end of the year, do you think the Cowboys still resign him? Do you th- or think the Cowboys e- so easily resign him in, in, a, in a franchise tax situation? Be- the reason I'm asking is because I wonder if the reason that Tony Pollard came back so quickly is because he's injured and he knew that this was really kind of the best situation for him to put his best forward foot forward for next year. Because it guarantees him basically $11 million, right? And yeah. it, he probably wasn't going to make that much money. On the open market, I can almost guarantee you that he was. Like you look at even healthy, even healthy, even healthy. You saw what Miles Sanders, who made the Pro Bowl, 
yeah. got four years, twenty-two million, and I think eleven million guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, which again, Tony Pollard got eleven million dollars yeah, guaranteed on the franchise year. tag. Yeah. David Montgomery, I think, got six million a year. Um, uh, Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns, yeah. got like four million a year from yeah. the Saints. I, I think you're probably right. I, I do think this is probably a spot where Pollard plays out the franchise tag, and then the Cowboys wait and see. Like, does does Malik Davis develop? Does Deuce Vaughn look like he could be a potential replacement? Well, th- My- that's why I think that's why I think that, that to get to the question about the future, that's why I think that we'll see a lot of Malik Davis and a lot of, of Rico Daddle this off this obviously this preseason, obviously in training camp. But I, I, I honestly think that there's a good chance that they don't go get a veteran running back. They, they see what they've got in Malik Davis and get uh, it almost did again. Dowdle if, if they yep. can make it to the season healthy, uh, because I think that, you know, you, you can obviously you need to have a situation. You need to have a plan for the future yep. unless you go into the draft next year planning on drafting a running back, which I mean, is not a problem necessarily because you can draft a guy in the third or fourth round and make him your starter. And, and that seems pretty reliable but i think that the cowboys would like to kind of kill two birds with one stone as far as the season goes and 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 get a reliable backup situation behind pollard uh but also try to figure out if they've got something in some of these other running backs that's enough to build on the future starting next year maybe a combination of dowdle and 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 and, uh davis and 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 vaughn uh is what you're looking in lipke as is your future running back that's my guess as well, is that the Cowboys are hoping that one of the three or four names that you mentioned steps up enough that when they draft a rookie next year, let's say in the second round, those two are good enough to kind of hold down the backfield in 2024. That, that's kind of my prediction here. Maybe it's Malik Davis in a second round pick, or it's you know Deuce Vaughn in a bigger back that you draft at pick 43 or something like yeah. that next year. That's the direction I'm leaning. I I have a hard time thinking Tony Pollard's going to come back after the Cowboys franchise tagged him. Like, I, because you can't franchise tag him again because the number goes no. up even more to it's like 13, 14 million. Yeah. I don't. I just don't see them doing that. And I don't. I I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be able to pay Tony Pollard a contract extension, especially when. when They've got the Micah Parsons, the C.D. Yep. Lamb, the Trayvon got Diggs. so much coming up. And the right. Terrence Steele contracts all coming up. So that's my prediction. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that the truth of the matter is that hopefully the Cowboys kind of learn their lesson a little bit and they'll continue to kind of go cheap. I mean, obviously they just spent $11 million for one year in running back, but I, I don't think that that necessarily foretells – At least it's uh, not a interest. long-term commitment. Yeah. Right? You can stomach it for – Listen, I didn't love it, but you can stomach it for one year. But once you get tied up future money and guaranteed money down the road, that's when it gets really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Cowboys, you know, understand that that it's important to kind of figure out what the the future kind of looks like because you're constantly having to refresh that position. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, what the Cowboys need to avoid doing is what they've done in the past where they've stuck with a group of guys, you know, maybe too long without kind of getting a, a – a, uh, next in line plan going, yeah. uh, you know, I think it worked out with Pollard a little bit so far, but, but I, I do think that part of the reason that they got into the situation with Zeke is they just didn't have a situation to create any leverage for themselves, not to get into that contract. So exactly. uh, they need to find a way to avoid that in the future.
All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. You get every day, or so we're going to be talking about the wide receiver position tomorrow. So be sure you tune in for that. Uh, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube as well. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.